listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got some news on the schedule for Major League Baseball, we've also got a doubleheader on TNT in the NBA. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? The story that matters the most to me is how good is Tampa Bay? We saw the celebration. And literally, I heard people in the odds right now say Kansas City's number one favorite at six to one. Tampa Bay number two, eight to one. Green Bay number three, ten to one. So it's almost exactly, you know, two slots. So six to one, two slots is eight to one, two more is ten to one. I've heard people say, no way should Tampa be over Green Bay. And I've heard people say, no way should Kansas City be over Tampa. Let's start there in general with Tampa Bay's victory and what it means now. But I'm going to tell you right now, Jonas, at the end of this, I think most people are thinking incorrectly about Tampa, and once we establish that, I think it's going to change the conversation. Yeah, and they are probably a little bit hungover, are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> they had a boat parade in Tampa on Wednesday, a lot of partying. Tom Brady looked like he was bending the elbow a little bit. They were tossing the Lombardi Trophy, having a good time. And you even had Bruce Arians, their head coach, talking about how they were going to come back and do it again. So a lot of confidence there being shown by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, some people say Bruce Arians drank less yesterday than a typical day. I, I'm not saying that's true, though. And again, not he's just is known to be able want to have fun. Might be the right way to say it. And uh, you know, it's funny. You got two types of drinkers, right? That that drink hard. The kind that are drinking hard and having fun. And then the guys that sit in a dark room with bourbon. You know, Bruce Arians never struck me as that that dark room and the bourbon type. Yeah. So that's a good thing, I think. All right, here is the premise that changes the conversation. The Tampa Bay Buck team last year, the Tampa or that Tom Brady joined, very different team than played in the Super Bowl. Right? Even though if you say Tom Brady was on the team at the beginning of his first day, it was like, well, Antonio Brown, Fournette, go down the list, Gronk. A lot of people say Tom Brady was effectively the de facto GM. I don't know about that. And this Jason Light fellow seems to be, I don't know much about it, seems to be sharp, drafts well. But what we know is this. Whatever appeal Tampa Bay had to bring in free agents, to bring in people who just had the right to choose where to go, these players, I think that goes way up. To whatever degree a 43-year-old Tom Brady off a bad season had appeal. The Super Bowl champions with Tom Brady off a good season 
have much, much more appeal. Jonas, do you generally agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Because they look like they're focused. It's not like the Philadelphia. When Philadelphia won the Super Bowl, there was this talk about, man, we'd rather have fun. We just want to have fun. I didn't get that same impression from Philadelphia that I get from Tampa Bay. This is a team who has fun, but they're going to get the work done first. I think Brady's largely responsible for that. And I think people like playing for Bruce Arians. Um, it's a different way. It's it's Florida. Uh, the weather, all of that stuff. I think they're building something. How long it lasts, I don't know. But I think this offseason, they're going to become much more desirable for a lot of people. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. To quote the Blues Brothers, we're on a mission from God. And in the Blues Brothers, the assumption was, okay, they were trying to, I think if I recall, make, uh, gather enough money to save some theater or whatever it was. But when you have a mission, people buy in. I don't care how much, how good intention people are, if they don't know what they're buying into, like if you read leadership books and business, number one always is you got to define your mission. Because if you don't know what the mission is, no one can buy into it. Tampa Bay's on a mission. It's to win. Now, will that mission, would that last for four, five, six years? No. People get millionaires, get tired of hard, hard work for some mission that may or may not happen. But for a year or two, even people of mild commitment can buy in, especially if everyone around them is buying in. Right? It's peer pressure to some degree. And that's why they always say you can have one bad guy in the locker room, but you don't want to have two because now they're together right? and they're not alone with it. To me, Tampa, Brady came in through a force of will, and no doubt about it, he changed the culture. I think that it's easier with the ring on now to say, let's get another one, especially since Kansas City just failed at that, especially considering there hasn't been a repeat champion since, what, 2004? Yeah. So it's been you know 17 years plus. It's a hell of a mission, right? And Brady only is on a two-year deal. The idea of now he may get a, a resign or however he does it, extend him. But as of right now, to walk in and win two titles would be a it'd be. I don't know. Would it make the story what? So everyone said it's a good question, Jonas. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. So Tom Brady had a certain level of esteem as the goat. Entering this season, he won his seventh, and that went up some amount. If he won again next year, would it go up more than it did with the seventh, less, or about the same? I think you could make the case it goes up more than yeah. it did this time because two, winning two in a row is at least twice as impressive. Yeah, I would agree. I was actually thinking about this. At what point during Michael Jordan's run? Did they consider him the goat? Like it was it was it after the sixth? Was it and and I'm too young no, to remember what that was conversation there. was like. Yeah. So when did that happen? Was it after the first three? So Jordan was a strange situation where he had all the love of a Patrick Mahomes without the title. Let's say Mahomes didn't win last year, which is very possible. You know, they were only what about 15 percent to beat the 49ers at a given point in the fourth quarter of that game. Let's say they would have lost. Would people think Mahomes was much worse? Because in theory, it was one or two passes. So in th- logically, they should think he's about the same, right? The people that love him, even if he had lost last year. Yeah. That's Jordan before the first title, where he was known as the best player in the league. 
He was known perhaps as the most talented player ever to play, but he hadn't won. But there was almost like a Dominique Wilkins love for him, a George Gervin love. Those guys never won a title either, but they were super talented. And he was flashy. Like, remember, before, and, and this is something in The Last Dance that they did really well, I think. Before the Air Jordans, there really wasn't a celebrity shoe spokesman at, at that level. Magic and Bird had the Converse deal. But it was very small compared to what Nike did. So Jordan became like this really manifestation of the new age of basketball, the new age of media. And a lot of old timers didn't like it. They did not like it. And then he won the first three. And at the end of that, there was a sense of, all right, now the guy is clearly the best player, and he wins, it's hard to complain. So, at that point, I think the general consensus would have been, that's the best player of all time. After the first three, when he came back after the break and won three more, and then finally with the Utah, and and I think the last dance did such a good job of showing how tough that last season was. I mean, Scottie Pippen's not engaged, and Rodman's old. Whoever wants to act like Jordan had this great supporting cast, maybe at various points, that last title was his force of will. And that plus the 72 wins, it was just such a barrage. Uh, I mean, it was no one even debated it at the yeah. end of that. I would say before the three, about 60% of people had Jordan as the best. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, yeah, no. And that's that's what I've been thinking because with Brady, I considered him the best after that win against Atlanta in the Super Bowl. When he got number five, I thought, okay, he's the greatest of all time. Then he got the one against the Rams. And the way that that game played out, I don't think people took as much away from that game as they did the one he got on Sunday. I think his first one in Tampa was mm. actually more important than his last one in New England. Oh, I think you're so right. Yeah. Because, I mean, one, it was away from Belichick. Yes. Right? Two, it was at 43. Yeah. Because to whatever degree we want to say 41, which would be two years before that, right, with the Rams, is impressive. We've seen 41-year-olds. Yeah. You know, like we said, and we reported this, or not reported it, but we had the data, I guess, presented first, which is Tom Brady this season had more passing yards and more touchdowns and more wins as a 43-year-old than every other 43-year-old in the history of the universe combined. So he was in uncharted territory this year. Forget making the playoffs. Forget winning the Super Bowl. To do it in a way that everyone... It would have been really like Jordan. As much as I agree that Jordan's legacy should not be tarnished by the Washington time, where I think that last year he scored 20 a game, which actually adds a little bit to it, if he would have won a title in Washington, it would have been, I think, comparable. Though Brady was smart enough to go on a very talented 7-9 and team... I think what Brady's done. I mean, listen, the odds were 15 to 1 in around Thanksgiving. I mean, it yeah. was like very unlikely around Thanksgiving that he would even make it to the conference championship. I had a buddy who got him at 11 to 1. And what time was that? It was during the season. It might have been after the Chiefs loss. Okay. It was during the season. It was later in the season. And he got it, I think, at 11 to 1 or 12 to 1. But it's also, if you're arguing Jordan versus LeBron, the Jordan argument is going to be the number of titles. The LeBron argument is going to be the number of places he won titles. Well, Tom Brady's got Mm. both. So Tom Brady wins both those arguments. 
Yes, except I think the LeBron one is ass backwards. I can say that, right? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one to press the line on that stuff, but <laughs> all right, I'm going to do it ass backwards. And here's why. LeBron sits back at any given time. It's almost like, I don't see why people don't see this. It's like, okay, it's like, imagine that you're trying to have the prettiest wife. Like That's the only thing we're measuring it by. And you go to an annual event where all of the women show up and you decide, all right, my current wife aged a little bit. Forget you. Good luck, hon. Uh, oh, she's new. I'll go with her. Now, the guy that has the prettiest wife that changes wives every year probably isn't as much of an accomplishment as if you have <laughs> one you're in love with for many, many years. And she's right. To me, that is obviously, in, in a way, I think the analogy works because you're supposed to love your team. You're supposed to, you know, and I know that's not the modern way, right? We don't care about the teams, right. except. As much as LeBron's a big name, he's going to retire one day. And you know who doesn't retire? The Boston Celtics, the LA Lakers. I don't know how sustainable and durable loving players is, but what I know for sure is winning what Belichick did going seven and nine didn't impress me as much as what Tampa Bay did. But if Tampa Bay had lost in the second round, which was very possible to the Saints, I would have said Belichick staying put and going 7-9 was comparable to that because Brady got to go to the place that had the best team without a quarterback. LeBron, you think he went to the Lakers because of what? (laughs) Because he knew that he could put together. And then not only did he go to an existing team with players, he then gets to cherry pick around the league who he gets? I mean, it's a hell of a win he had, but I don't see how that's any... If Jordan would have went after the sixth, when he was only, what, 36, 37? If he would have went to the best team in the league at that point and won a title, would that have been more impressive? No. No, and and also... isn't that what LeBron did? Yeah, that's the, and he did that and, and going back and forth and switching sides and doing all that. And also, the, the Jordan argument has always been his time in Washington. People go, well, he didn't have the titles. But to your point, he did score 20 a game. And in his final year, he played in all 82. 82. So that's I mean, the accomplishment. That, yeah. that was a hurt. And that was almost like Jordan on the bus kind of thing where there wasn't that. The first year, there was a lot of excitement. But And you were old enough to remember this. But also, because he retired once before – People kind of expected yep. it, and, and 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 he wasn't as good. All right, that year before, that you know, there were two years in Washington. The penultimate year, the next to last year, really wasn't a great year for him. Right, right? and he only play, he missed like twenty games, and he said, "I'm going to get in shape and do this right," and he did. So I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. So to me, cherry picking around the league, and and then let's say this: he left Cleveland and went to a better chance to win, right? With the big three. Yes. Then he left the big three and had a better chance to win in Cleveland because of Kyrie and the 100%. number one pick. Yeah. Then he left and went to the Lakers and he had a better chance to win. Maybe not the first year, but they were trying all kinds of moves that didn't work the first year, but they knew there was a handshake. Come on. I think allegedly, we'll say, there was a handshake deal <laughs> that, that, that AD was going to go there. So, I don't blame him for winning, but let's kind of make sure we understand what the level of difficulty is versus a guy that stays in one place the entire time and somehow Pippen picked 15th from Central Arkansas State is supposed to be the sign that, oh, it wasn't until Pippen that he was able to beat the bad boys? Come on. With the team he had, if he would have beat – remember – the, to me, the most telling part, last thing on Jordan, was when Larry Bird, who at the time was probably him and Magic, the best player in the game, 
said that wasn't Michael Jordan. That was God disguised as Michael Jordan. <laughs> if Larry Bird says that, like three years, four years before uh, Michael wins the title, yeah, he was pretty good. No one's saying that about any of the young players today. And that was in a game the Celtics won. That was game five, I think, yeah. of their playoff. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think Jordan put up 63. Yeah. And remember, now that I think about that, that was Jordan's second year. And that was when he came back risking his career to play when the team barely was going to make the playoffs. Yeah. He actually, they got, Jordan got swept in that series. But even after getting swept, because it was the old three game, it was old best oh, of five. Was that a sweep? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the Celtics swept him. But even after that series, that's when Larry Bird complimented him. That was a team that they had just swept, and he was so blown away by that guy's performance, nowhere close to 100% that he had those comments. Yeah, and listen, Larry Bird, I mean, remember, if you want to see something that now has kind of got lost in history, and he talked about it in the last dance, Larry Bird coached the Pacers not long after he retired. It would have been like, what, 95, 96, 96? Yeah. And he coached them three years. And the last year was when the Jordan, they went to Game 7 against Michael. It was Michael's last year, too, with the Bulls, I think, now I think about it. And it's where there was a shot that went up with the whole se- – I think it was Game 6 or whatever. And Larry Bird was watching it, and the ball went in, so the Pacers won. And his face didn't change. Like literally, if he, if, if if nothing had happened or the shot just went in and he just walked up, like Larry Bird has alligator blood, man. Yeah. And he did as a player, he did as a coach, and for him to say something that's hyperbole like that, that's so over the top, I, I, you can believe it. You can believe it for sure. And, and last thing for me, Jonas, on this is anyone to me that debates LeBron over Michael. Either wasn't there, and I get it. At some point, you know, less and less people were there, right? But meaning, you know, cognizant of it, whatever. And the reason was, if you're playing LeBron, you're never afraid that you can't win. Remember, Colin right here on FSR about six weeks before the finals said the Lakers can't win. I mean, so Colin's a smart NBA observer, and he said, I don't think this Laker team can win the title. They're done. And he was almost doing a post-mortem on them. It wasn't that long you know, before the finals, maybe six weeks, eight weeks. No one thought that it was a foregone conclusion. The fact the Lakers won, even though it wasn't a foregone conclusion, let's give them credit. That's awesome. But when you went against Michael, you just didn't think you could win. I rooted against the Bulls the whole time. Uh, for whatever reason, at the time I was a Larry Bird guy, but you know, even though he was retired at this point, I just Michael was the guy, the new age, and I was with the old school. And even as a kid, I guess, and you just didn't think you could win. And I can promise you this: the the Warriors didn't th- think they couldn't win against LeBron. I don't think any. The fact <laughs> he's only won three of uh, you know uh, ten or, or however that was, a three of the ten or four of the ten. Uh four of the ten. Yeah, which listen, four titles is great. Congratulations, but the idea that you—he's below fifty percent in the finals, and when Michael lost against the Magic the year he came back with like fifteen games to go, everyone I knew looked around, and goes, "What happened?" Like at the time, you couldn't believe that he yeah. lost, and and they're just—I don't know if there's been a player like that in any sport since. And to me, that's why. And and you think about the way the people of that era who played him talk about him. Yeah. It's like. We couldn't beat him. And it's like, who is like that? Bill Russell was like that in Jordan. 
Closing thought. Yeah, no, nobody struck fear like Jordan did. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it was like one of those uneasy feelings. And it's probably the same way when, you know, Brady's got one drive, you know, Brady's got the ball, they've got a drive, and there's there's two minutes left, and he's got the ball at his own 25-yard line. You just don't feel good about it if you're the other team. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I believe we don't have any real idea of what Tampa's team's going to look like come playoffs next year because the appeal of anyone that can choose to go there the appeal of Tampa will be great and just like we see in the NBA if you're judging the Brooklyn Nets right now you're making a mistake you should judge them but understand when the buyouts happen and all that they're going to be able to get in a way their pick of players and they can fill in the holes there. So whenever there's a chance of a fundamental change to the makeup of a team, as a batter or as a fan, you got to account for that possibility. I think Tampa arrow up. And I would say the following, and then we'll get right into Deshaun. Jonas, if I had told you that I think Tampa Bay has more of a right to be the favorite than Kansas City, or another way to ask the question is, Make the case that Kansas City, who's 6-1 to one and the favorite to win the Super Bowl, why should they be the favorite over Tampa, who's 8-1? to one? What would your case be if you were being the advocate for Kansas City? I would just say how loaded they are on offense and their youth uh, and their experience. And then I would point to... Well, they have you know, youth and experience? Or, yeah, just experience getting making deep playoff runs. But they've got youth to where they're going to be, you would think, healthy. And they're gonna, they've got a lot of years left and, and all of that. But I felt after the game, and, and we were doing the post-game show here on Fox Sports Radio, and, and Brady Quinn and I were talking about how, if you just look at it, Tampa should be the favorite. Just that's what I'm saying. On, yeah, it just it didn't. That's what was a little bit surprising. I think there's this, this assumption that Tom Brady still is going to break down, or the age is still an well, issue. Well, he's going to break down at some point. But why would even if he dropped off twenty percent? If the rest of the team get, could, could make up for right. that, I think pretty easy. I mean, who's had more issues with injuries the past couple of years? Patrick Mahomes in his twenties or Tom Brady in his forties? Well, I mean, listen, Mahomes looked like uh, he looked like. Um, I don't know, Sugar Ray after fighting uh, Hearns. I mean, he, right. he looked like he took a beating. Right. And again, I really believe it's very possible we saw the first version of the rest of Mahomes' career, which is, listen, RG3, and, and we do not hope this at all on anyone, Mahomes or not, is RG3 was better than Andrew Luck his rookie season. That's all there is to it. He won yeah. the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, and he had better stats. And then all of a sudden, he literally can't, he's not even a viable backup in the NFL. And he's not that old. It happens. And here's what we also know about Mahomes he was taken 10th in the draft for a reason. It wasn't 20 years ago. It wasn't 50 years ago when they didn't have any technology. The draft has been a billion-dollar endeavor collectively for a long, you know, at least since Mahomes got drafted. And nine teams said no, thank you. And I get they were wrong, but there was a reason they decided that. And I'm not so sure the reasons have been completely debunked. Whereas with Tyreek Hill, the best receiver in the game, I think. With Kelsey, the best catching tight end in the game, I think. Yeah. With Andy Reid, the second best or best play caller with Sean Payton in the league. That's a kind of a setup 
that is so conducive to success, then you add in the natural talent, and Mahomes' work ethic is good from what I hear. He's been great. But man, oh man, are we sure? Would you be that surprised if Andy Reid, if you heard an announcement that came out that said Andy Reid's decided to step away and support his family, would that be shocking to you? No. no. I mean, it's not likely, but it's not like, oh my gosh. No, because I think the one thing that was escaping Andy Reid was that Super Bowl. He got it. So if he decided to step away for whatever reason, I guess that could make some sense. 